Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Today is proof positive on show number 406 that John loves me. Do not let his sour disposition fool you. He loves me. And how do I know that he loves me? Today's show is common SEO myths for real estate websites busted. He used as reference a, uh, a video that was produced by one of my favorite tools in the whole entire world, uh, AREFs. They have an incredibly competent SEO team. They always speak of SEO in a very high level. I love them. I love the content they produce. Highly recommend that you check it out if you, if you haven't or if you're trying to learn SEO. Um, but before we go, just before I just go nuts with how excited I am about this, uh, the show, um, John, why don't you go ahead and introduce everybody and maybe, maybe by the way, explain how we arrived at what is a fairly rare dive for us. We, we haven't done this a ton. So maybe you explain like where you're at and why you decided that you, you know, you wanted to aim this particular show in this direction. Yeah. Thanks, Rob. Uh, like I said, I'm the found, joint founder of mail-right.com. Um, well, it's been, a, um, I've been doing a big, big dive lately because, um, I've suffered a slight penalty on one of my own websites. And um, it's been a day of SEO because in the morning I interviewed one of the founders of Rush SEO. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I interviewed him. Rush SEM, you're talking about? Yes, yeah, Rush okay. SEM. Um, I interviewed one of the founders of that. So, holy cow, why didn't you get him on this show? I my left pinky for that. Well, yeah, but the thing is, Rob, it would have got it would have gone really very, very technical, very, very quick, um, and I think we would have lost almost ninety nine percent of the audience very, very quickly um, because this can get. We're gonna um, we've agreed that we're gonna try and keep this to the level that you can follow, folks. But hopefully, you're gonna get some excellent value because obviously, Robert. Is much more of an expert in this particular area than I am. Um, so that's why I chose it, Rob. Beautiful. So for this particular show, I'm going to do the un unthinkable and I'm going to trot out my pedigree, which I don't generally do because we're not usually talking about my core competency. But I've been doing, I transferred careers out of running some of the country's largest call centers to focus on digital. Within six months of focusing on digital, I realized that what I wanted to focus on specifically was Google's version of search engine optimization. There's many search engines out there, eight or nine. We just don't talk about them. The one that I wanted to focus on was Google because it was fascinating, because the subject is deep, because they're doing, they've got more rocket scientist type people working there than any other company on the planet. Still, to this day, you hear a lot about a lot of other tech companies, but Google hires some of the smartest people that are alive to work for them. So that fascinated me from a very, very intellectual perspective. And that was 15 years ago. Now I've continued to dive down that rabbit hole. I've done it for e-commerce. I've done it for many, many different verticals outside of real estate. But I focus on real estate because it's so wildly underserved. Residential real estate has almost no really highly credible voices in the SEO space. And over the last 15 years, I've gotten the opportunity, for which I'm very grateful, to talk to some of the biggest agents in the in the world about real estate SEO. And I've done that. I've served some of them. I've I've consulted with some of them. 
We've had a couple of them on the show over the years. John has met some of them through me. Uh, we just had Gary Gold on the show, who I'd given a consultation to 10 years prior to him appearing on this show. I um, love this subject and I feel like I'm one of that, one of a very small handful of people who spends time in a very rarefied space that dedicates their entire career to real estate SEO specifically. Um, so having said all that, if you want to check more out about me and about my story, about my credibility in this space, I have case studies, references, clients mentioned all on inboundrem.com. Feel free to go to that website and check it out. With no further ado, I'm going to just jump right in. I'm going to give John the chance to answer this himself. I certainly have incredibly strong opinions on every single one of these. He's already showed that with our pre-show discussion, folks. Right, which is very rare. John doesn't get this from me. Like I don't, I don't ever, I, I just go with the flow usually. But the first myth that we need to be to debunk is that SEO is dead. Please provide me your perspective after watching that Aeros video on, on how you feel about it, John. Well, you know, I, we don't know where AI is going. Um, the basic situation, folks, is that there's a lot of hype talked about AI because there's two distinct types. There's AI that's based uh, around language um, recognition software. And then there's what is called general AI, which is mimics intelligence, basically. Um, the one that um, that has been publicized through OpenAI um, is very impressive technology, but it's not general intelligence. So because that, that what I feel, that fundamental misunderstanding, okay. um, a lot of fun flannel was said from a lot of so-called experts, a lot of them on YouTube. And I definitely don't think for the foreseeable future. In the foreseeable future, in a two to five year period, I definitely don't think SEO um, is dead. Um, I think some of the things that were said, Robert, that um, is slightly different, there's more to this, um, is what was said when um, voice... It, voice came on and a lot of people said that normal um, search would be eliminated by voice, which was about five or six years ago. That really didn't pan out. Um, I think this is a bit, a little bit different, but it's got some of the aspects of the really over-the-top statements and flannel, which is driven a lot by YouTube, to be frank about it. as well. I think, Rob, First of all, the title, Is SEO Dead, is clickbait. Everybody listening to the show. Unless all world economies and our internet infrastructure collapses, SEO is never going to die. Let's just put it that way. Why? Because look at the acronym. Search Engine Optimization. That's what SEO means. Search Engine Optimization. All of us are the what might encroach on search engine optimization would be platform optimization, such as Facebook or Amazon, creating a tool that's so good, Alexa, 
that can give you an answer to every question that you have so that you yourself might do fewer searches. Fewer searches does not mean it's dead. It just means that does search, as we understand it, trend differently over time? And the answer is, of course, does. It always trends differently. A true SEO expert is going to trend with the trends. Like, that's it. I don't have my, my weight behind what kind of answer that we give on a website. For instance, if, it's, if we're going to go towards audio search, I will start producing audio files on my client site. Are we going to go to an almost entirely visual medium? That's YouTube and optimizing on YouTube. Search has not only not died, it's gotten more robust and we're going to cover that a little bit later. It's gotten bigger and broader and more comprehensive and more intelligent. And there's more searches, more information being found on the internet, not less. All of it being run by search engines with Google still dominant no matter what anybody tells you. They've got Google, they've got the image library, they've got traditional search, they're on all the tools. Chromium runs on Apple products. Google and, and Apple have a better partnership than almost any other two technology companies out there. So no matter what you hear, SEO is far from dead. As a matter of fact, it's probably the exact opposite. People usually end their is SEO dead videos like Neil Patel with actually SEO is growing and has been forever and probably will continue to be because more and more people get used to querying the internet for answers to questions. That is usually done with a search engine. All right. The second myth is Google only ranks fresh content. Why don't you jump into that? Well, no, basically that's not right. Um, it, I would say that Google wants to show people the most relevant content that matches up their search. Um, and that, that can be um, newish content or that could be quite old content, you know, it, the real judgment is it, it does, is it the most relevant? Does it answer the question, the search query the best? That's what Google cares about. So I would say no. Since John nailed this one 100%, I'm just going to elaborate. I'm going to, I'm going to illuminate that answer a little bit more. It's 100% correct. Everything you said, 100% correct. Google does not look. At the age of a at the age of a piece of content, and rank based upon the age. There is a uh, there is a piece of the algorithm either called caffeine or hummingbird, and I don't remember which, but it it absolutely gives a small bonus or push to new content, pushes up that content in certain places inside the algorithm. But what Google does once that content is pushed and has eyeballs on it is they measure the user engagement, the user behavior to the content and make a decision about whether or not they want to keep it up on somewhere at the top of the search engines where likely people are going to click on it. And that's almost entirely based on user engagement. Do people click on your, your metadata? Do they click on the header that you put on the piece of content? Do they, and, then, and then do people keep coming back to that answer over and over again? And if the answer to all these things is yes, then Google has no reason to derank it and they will check new content frequently against the old content. The simple truth of the matter is, is there's not that many people really making huge strides to produce something noticeably better than other people. For that, you have to research and really do your, your homework, see what was best previously, then take all of that and yet add to it in a meaningful way in order to potentially 
outrank and keep outranking a previous answer. Like really great content marketers understand that it's a skyscraper building game. You start with 1500 words that did really well and you end up with 5000 that have to be 10 times better than what you started with because on certain really competitive subjects such as mortgage rates and like, you know, refining homes, financial investments, stuff like that. Everybody, what is my home worth? People are keeping like everybody's targeting that small handful of keywords. So the people at the very top have really highly authoritative domains and all this support content that's aimed at a central piece that's really big that like you can get really deep in, in producing a much better answer on your site, like shockingly deep. You can have 20 support pages in one really great piece of content. And that one piece, of course, continues to rank because it has 20 support pages and a primary content piece all aimed to answer your question really well. So there you go. Uh, third myth is that, and this is the one that, that we really debated about before the camera got turned on. The third myth is that duplicate content will get you penalized. Well, it's just, a, you know, some people say no, but um, my opinion was similar to yours. If you have very similar content or practically duplicated content, um, I always thought that it could affect you because it, uh, it affects the user experience. You know, if they, if they click, you, if you have your internal pages linked and you should, Obviously, the experience, you know, they go from one page to the other and it's very similar information. It's not going to be very useful to the end user. So they're probably going to bounce. So, um, but you're the expert. So over to you. So in the real estate space in particular, template websites are extremely popular. And some of those sites have been ancient image websites, especially ones over five to seven years old iHomeFinder, um, Playster at one time, the list goes on. Uh, the list is very deep, okay? And what they do is when they produce a site, they have some static pages like how to buy a home, how to sell a home, okay? That they've already produced because you, the agent, have been insisting that you're basically too lazy to produce something unique to your sales process. So they help you. <laughs> it's their intent to be helpful. Yeah. And they put the same answer on the website 5,000 times all over the country. And at some point, the search engines look at that because they will eventually understand there's 5,000 copies of the same page. Like, all right? And they give you the credit that you deserve, which is you're a plagiarist and that you don't deserve any credit whatsoever. They also look at the rest of the website and say, what is the user behavior? And generally speaking, templated websites with no customization on it end up getting almost no user engagement whatsoever. And they certainly don't compete well against people who've customized the site, designed an experience specifically for their audience, or added extra support pages, and I can go on and on. So does duplicate content... And here's my favorite part. All of that is kind of logical. Depending on the provider that we're talking about, sometimes there is the option to make these duplicate pages not looked at. You can say, don't read this page on this website. That is a command that you can give Google. But guess what? You generally have to do that manually. And you have to do that on all the pages that you believe that you've duplicated on the site. 
very few providers bother to do that. So even though AREF said duplicate content doesn't really get you, that's what the video said. John said he agreed with me. I watched the video on AREF. And the simple fact is, is that while in many verticals, there are lots and lots of people that practice a decent enough SEO game that they, they just say, don't read those pages. Okay, so then do you get penalized? No, Google's not reading the page. They don't even see it. They don't even see it. So no, you don't get penalized. But do like carrot sites and and certain types of like I've listed off some. There's probably well, it's, every- in, it, it's endemic, isn't it? It's in, you know, but it's it's at a certain price. You know, affordability, but it is endemic. But it's it's endemic for some. I'm going to be co- a little bit kind uh, for un- I'm going to say for understandable reasons, but. I've, I've, I do know that there were some providers that I felt their advertising, I'm not going to name them because I do not want to get into a aggro, but there's some providers that are well known that say they provide content and they don't explain that it's, du- it's duplicate, duplicate content that will not have any value at best or have the consequences which you've just outlined. Correct. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to discuss how social impacts uh, Google uh, pay-per-click advertising and uh, what does ranking really mean? Like is there's a lot of myths around ranking, which I totally agree with. And they really need to, to be debunked. And we're going to debunk them for you. Okay. So we're going to come back. Uh, stay tuned, stay gripped right onto uh, the edge of your seat. I know just all of you SEO technophiles out there are eating this up with a spoon. I can't wait to get back into it in one sec. Do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRight. It is a powerful but easy to use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no question asked 30-day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail-right.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 304. Sorry, I was going to give us, I was going to take away 100 episodes worth of credit. 406 is the uh, episode number. You're going to want to remember that if you want to try to search for this show on our YouTube, on the MailRite YouTube channel, or potentially even the Inbound REM YouTube channel, that we haven't done a very good job of translating this stuff into video. But um, we're going to kick this off with a fascinating thing, which is, uh, once again, I feel like this falls into the gray, but the fifth myth that we have on our list is that we missed number four, by the way. Well, uh, I, I duplicated two. So I duplicated double three. So that was funny, wasn't it? Because it was about duplication. So All right. So we're actually going to number this correctly for John. I, I have, I, on my copy, I've just done it, but not on yours. Myth number four. The fourth myth is that social shares help you rank higher in Google. Now, I'm going to go first on this one mm-hmm. because it's, it's complicated. So there has been a long-held belief by most SEOs that social interaction does matter for SEO. But here's the fascinating thing. Most social is dominated by Facebook. Facebook meta companies. Not met, not Facebook, meta companies. That's Instagram, WhatsApp, 
you know, Facebook owns them all. Guess what? Facebook does not allow. They don't allow Google to read their website at all. At all. Not a zit. Zilch. So when you're saying social shares specifically, the answer is, well, probably not. But it's widely believed, including by myself, because Google patented a logarithm that is new and unique about four years ago. The logarithm that they patented is one that tracks, jumps in and out of Chrome, and it's an algorithm that measures engagement based upon assumptions, branding assumptions. That's what they said in the actual patent. Branding assumptions made by the search engine. Now, that is a, most SEOs, myself included, feel that that is a very fancy way of saying, if we see you enter and exit, because because Chromium runs most of the web. That is the browser that Google created. So they're they're everywhere. They're in Safari. They're everywhere. There is no lack of visibility on Google from Chromium. That's why, that's why I don't use it. I use Firefox. There you go. So you've got, and, and by the way, Chromium runs Opera, it runs Safari, it runs everything except for Firefox uh, and a couple of others, Dogpile, a few others. Here's the thing, Bing. Um, here's the thing. That logarithm allows me or somebody to track, like, are we entering and exiting like LinkedIn a lot? Once we exit LinkedIn, do we go to a website where we can see what the client is doing? They wanted to measure it and they had a, they created a whole algorithm just to measure that behavior. My belief would be what would make sense logically is we want to track if somebody comes off a social platform and then engages with your content on your website in a more meaningful way. In other words, did somebody really connect with your brand, get excited, and then come to your website and start to really consume all of your personal content? There is the belief that if somebody is doing that and doing that well, there's a small bonus, like in ranking, like that there's some kind of positive total impact, or else why did they bother to at the technology? The, the belief is... I say between 5 and 8% when I'm on the phone with clients. Nobody knows exactly. I sure as hell don't. But I think that there's a reason that they did all that work. I think it connects into social. Is it have to do with shares specifically? No. So it's a tricky language thing here, John. In my opinion, this myth title, I think it's tricky. So your turn. No, I have got anything to say. I, I agree with your outline. Okay. So there we go. Um, number five, the fifth myth is that pay-per-click advertising won't help your rank in search. Now, I didn't pay that much attention when I got this deep into the video. I did watch, by the way, John, I was excited to get into uh, like a, like an SEO related video. Never going to get any pushback from me on that. So, and I hadn't watched this particular one. So I was, I was kind of connected to it, but I know the answer to this question through much case study and testing on my part. That's why I tuned out is because I've already done extensive case studying on exactly this question. And I know, I feel like I have a fact-based statistical answer to the question. Shall I give my opinion first? Please, please. Yeah. Um, I think it's very linked to what you said about the social media. Um, I think um, the actual act of driving um, traffic through paid um, discovery, I through Google, um, or through Facebook or through YouTube. Obviously, with um, 
we Google um, their two properties, their search and YouTube. Obviously, they're owned by Google. Um, basically, it's a bit like social media in my mind. They, you drive traffic to your website, but it, it depends what the people do when they get to your website. Do do they? Is there anything on that website that would keep them on that website? Is is the IDX search functionality appealing? Is there evergreen content? Is there video content? All the stuff that we've gone on for the past couple of years, Rob. Because I obviously, we specialize in Facebook advertising um, with a bit of Google as well. Um, but I still have a holistic attitude to it. You know, you can drive people to a landing page and then utilize mail rights, texting, and email functionality. But um, is it going to help with, with the way Google looks at your website? Well, it depends. It just depends if you're doing any of the things that we have endlessly talked about. That's my bit. Good opinion. So there is a historic answer to this particular problem and a legal one for Google. Anywhere and any resource that you ever hear speak that is a Google resource, either one gets cagey on this answer or B emphatically denies that paid search impacts organic rank. As Google has moved in the direction of user behavior, in order for paid search not to impact organic rankings, they would have had to make an, an exception for paid traffic, which they did not do. They did not do it. Google doesn't care where the source of the traffic comes from. So if you get really high intent searches, high intent being for real estate people watching and listening to the show, that's like Beverly Hills real estate or homes for sale in Beverly Hills or homes for sale in 9210, whatever that famous zip code is, 92010. Um, when, when you're looking at that specifically and you hit a great landing page and that person is searches for 50 homes on your website, right? Do, does Google distinguish between that traffic and somebody who found a blog post about the uh, most famous mansions in 92010? And then you read the blog post and then you also happen to go and, and maybe search for five homes because your intent for searching for homes wasn't as high as the guy who is, or the gal who is doing the search, 9210, homes for sale in 92110. Now that means in layman's terms, just putting that all simply for the people listening to the show, it really depends on how you target your traffic. But some of the time, paid search is going to spike your organic rankings a lot. Hear me on this. A lot. It just depends on how carefully... I'm saying the same thing that John said. I'm just saying it with a little bit more detail. It really depends on how carefully you pay attention to turning on that paid advertising campaign and what pages you direct those ads to and how deeply they coordinate with what the person was searching for and how good of a job that you've done creating the page. Let me tell you this, everybody listening to the show, a template site won't cut it. Hear me. It just won't. You are going to have to, if you want ranking through paid, okay, you're going to really have to have created a unique user experience. Now, what will work for all of you listening and oftentimes gets repeated ad nauseum by some of my competitors 
is if you've created a really filtered search, real estate search site, like you've broken searches down into neighborhoods and you advertise on the search engines for paid search or Facebook and you direct people directly to a listing that you advertised on Facebook or specific property searches that you've advertised on Google search. Most companies are focused on the big and the broad, like Realtor.com and Redfin. But if you focus on specific little pockets and give everybody the filtered searches on your website, you do have a good shot at maybe ranking based on user behavior because people will crack out on searching for properties in your site, which is user behavior. Just because there's two different types of user behavior, there's search user behavior and there's content user behavior and there's a combination of the two. This is what I'm saying when I say you craft your page carefully based on your app. If you do all of that, then paid can be a huge hack into organic ranking. It absolutely can. And I've, te- I've, I've case studied this ad nauseum. Like I've done this many times to try to, to show myself, can you rank faster doing paid versus not paid on organic? And the answer is yes, you can. Yeah. I'm going to slightly disagree with you here. Cool. Um, but not a lot, but a little bit. I, I the, the, this um, Google for a number of years has said that there's a firewall between organic and paid, between the paid advertisement team and what they classify as the creators of their technology when it comes to organic. And there's a lot of people in really honest people in Google that. Um, really believe that. Um, unfortunately, it's come out and it came out last week. Um, Google's been taken to court by the Justice Department and some extremely damaging documentation was released by the Justice Department. Um, and this, this is my take on it, Rob, this propaganda that's been spewed by Google um, I think through them being taken to court, I think it's going to be extremely damaging to Google because um, Google Google is not your friends, folks. It's a, it's a company that wants to make tons of money, um, does make tons of money, um, and wants to still make tons of money. They are not your friend. Um, you've got to use them the best you can. But it is disturbing what has come out with these revelations from the Justice Department because they are quite damaging. And that doesn't surprise me. There used to be this old old adage with Google saying, um, uh, like, do no evil, be good. (laughs) Okay. That changed a long time ago. That started changing uh, two CEOs ago. And uh, Eric Schmidt started driving the, the direction of the company. And Google has been being very unfriendly to its customers and very not even-handed with their their results for a long time now. They, they, that's been a trend that they've been moving in the direction of for ages. They changed the most recent thing where they they screwed their users is they keep making a less and less transparent version of Google Analytics. Why? Because guys like me and people who make a living off like little subsections of Google, uh, they were giving us too much data. So, and they're giving it to us for free. So they keep asking themselves the question, why do we have to give these guys anything for free? It's our data. We collect it. And they're not wrong. 
necessarily. It's not friendly though. And it's not in my best interest. It's not in the end user's best interest. It's at Google's best interest. There's only one person that wins. So I agree with you. And they've been heading that direction for a while. They're getting their pants sued like right off them in the UK. That's happened many times. They've already lost a number of lawsuits having to do with monopolies and infringement, privacy infringements, things like that. And they're going to continue to lose cases and probably continue not to care because they, at this point, they have the biggest repository of data on the planet about people, about our behavior. How valuable is that? I mean, think about it. And they started that revolution and Facebook tried to put its hand in the cookie jar and got it smacked so loudly and so hard, you would have thought that Google would learn from the experience, but nope. Um, all right, number six, seven, sorry, no, six. Yeah, six. Is ranking always about number one? So once again, I'm going to take this up. I don't know what ARF said. I never made it this far. Don't care. That's why I didn't make it. You know, it's like, well, I think first. Sure. Yeah. Um, obviously, to get to number one is preferable, but on the other hand, with a lot of the terms that Rob deals with, um, dependent, very dependent, and he will answer, you know, he might totally disagree with me, Um you know, some of the terms, depending on which area, if it's a highly competitive metropolitan area, and they've got similar, probably in-house, because I, I do agree with Rob, he's probably one of the few people in the real estate industry that you can hire at a rate that's semi-affordable. A lot of the other experts, they're extremely expensive or they're working in-house with a particular brokerage. Um it just depends on the term. So um, it's preferable, um, but it might it's pop, might not be achievable. So but getting to the top three or four still will make a difference. Um, so probably getting to number one isn't over away. Okay. So here's my response to this question. I'm going to say no. I'm going to solidly go the other direction. And why do I say no? All of you real estate folks out here really need to, to hear this. It's a scientific answer. It's not probably going to be easily digestible, but it, you really need to hear it. 35.1% of all search results are something called featured snippets. That is where you really don't get a top hit to an answer. You get, you get maybe a single site that is number one, but right underneath that site or right, up, right above that site, you get people also ask semicolon, and then you get a number of of what to look appear to be drop down menus. And you get that above all search results. Then you get an, an, an ad infinitum. Google has taken away pages. They now have what's called an infinity scroll on all results. So that number one or number five doesn't make that much of a difference. This has changed behavior a massive amount. People don't necessarily look to click on number one. They look for the place on the page that's going to answer their specific question. Now, here's the mind blowing bit. 35.1% is the number for the internet as a whole. My estimate for real estate focused searches and featured snippets is more like 70 to 80%. Most searches that you do about lifestyle, neighborhoods, cities, I can go on and on. They're all going to be featured snippets. Some, like I'm just going to do real estate for sale in Beverly Hills. As a search right now, wow. right here. Let's talk about 
Ooh. Okay. There's a featured snippet, four results down. Okay. It isn't one or two, but obviously with that search, it's ZillowRealtor.com, Trulia Redfin, the big companies get the position, then the smaller companies, Sotheby's and, and Coldwell Bank are up, up below the snippet. And now the snippet is in the middle of the page. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? This is my favorite freaking thing to tell people when I'm doing SEO. How you get into featured snippets requires specialized adoption on your website. You have to do certain things to get featured in featured snippets. It's an SEO mechanic. It is why I, I make a living. And they're what it's no longer driven by the size of your brand to get into those featured snippets. So I now, I never had a shot of getting my clients into real estate for sale in Beverly Hills. But since blog posts are now part of the response on the people also ask, there is a site called Lotus Properties, which I've never heard of, which is number one. And it would essentially in the old Google algorithm would be number five on the page. And it is a featured snippet discovery. Google figured out a way to get deeper knowledge outside of big brands onto major number one hits on the page. So when you're having dialogues with yourself and other people, should you, can you theoretically talk about number one? Sure. Should you be focused on it? Talk to your SEO company about it? Talk to your marketers about it? No. No. Your depth of your knowledge, your your accreditation for listening to the show is going to be this little piece of, of information. Featured snippets are what drive most of my clients' results, John. Like most of my clients, like I'm on the first page for Fairhope, Alabama. I'm on the first page for about half the cities that we target. Am I on the first page for the actual term Fairhope, Alabama? No. Why? Because Wikipedia has that every single time. Every single time. You'd be, be a bit worried if they didn't really. No exceptions. No. I'm in the feature snippets. Talking about how expensive it is to live in the city. Talking about what the property tax is in the city. That's where I'm at. But my clients get hundreds upon hundreds of visits from those results. We still achieve the end goal by being in the featured snippets. Imagine if you're in the middle of, you know, Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, Redfin, and then you're Lotus Properties and you've got like, what's the best part of Beverly Hills to live in? That's the thing that they got. So now you get that search, that little also people also ask under the same topic and boom, baby. Is that a lot of credibility? Hell yeah, it is. Are you number one? No, you're not. You're number five in the featured snippets. All right. I think I've gotten off my high horse enough. We're going to wrap the show up. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. We've given you a full 30 minutes plus 10 extra of Robert going on a tangent about ranking number one. Yeah, I thought you, I thought I thought you did quite well, and I think I think it, I think there's been some good value. Don't you think so? Like, I hope so. Because I hope so. If I can't give good value on this subject, fire me. <laughs> no, so I think I think we've managed to give value without going off on a big end to in a really big tech dive. If you know, oh, what I, mean. I hope so. Yeah. So it, we want nothing more than everybody to be able to follow the show and get something from it that they learn and understand. Um, speaking of learning and understanding stuff, John. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, John has a platform that would could be comparable to uh, Real Geeks and and other bold leads and other systems like him. He's done a very very good job of creating an affordable platform, using all of his knowledge about about uh, previously about 
like WordPress development and then his new knowledge about Facebook. He's partnered with a guy who's a Facebook marketing expert. He does a podcast with another guy who's one of the best real estate SEO guys in the country. That would be me. So between all of those things, he's come up with a really great little marketing offer. And obviously, as somebody who's trying to promote it, he's going to give you a lot of his time if you decide to set an appointment with him. He's going to talk to you and try to consult with you and, and help you out. You know, I, I, well, one more thing. One more thing. Sorry, sorry, Jim. Sorry, Will. I'm trying to do, give you a huge testimonial. So let me finish. One other thing I can say from personal experience, John's core desire will be to help you. And that's not very true of many people that you can call. So if any of this sounded like it fits you, please give John a call now. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm just going to say, Rob, thanks for that. But I, I think where we are is we provide a really great platform that can help you get needs. But I think what Rob offers is, to put, you know, all the things we've talked about, Rob, is that if you don't have, if you don't have the content on the website, if you don't have that evergreen, and we we try and get people to a stage where they could come to you and hire you, um, you know, and hire your team. But our our aim is to provide a solid platform that can get somebody to the level where they could consider hiring you and your team. Thank you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to learn more about what me and my team do do, you can go to inboundrem.com and look under About or Services or look at our case studies, which are linked off the homepage, or watch my video on the homepage, which I filmed when I was establishing the uh, the company. And um, I also have some old videos up there under a, a, a handle called Newman's Buzz. So if any of you want to see how long I've really been doing this, and I've never advertised it anywhere because I forgot I had them. Um, but they're 10, 11, 12-year-old videos talking about real estate, my direction that I thought it was going. It's a fascinating watch because I just rewatched them myself. And uh, some of it I got wrong. Some of it, it felt like I had a crystal ball. Um, so anyway, everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show. Uh, John, is there anything you'd like to add before we sign off? No, just give us some feedback. We love some feedback with how you found this show. Would you like some more of this more techno-focused content or did we leave you i thought we kept it at a reasonable level but we love your feedback yep absolutely agree with john send it to uh uh find, go to the mail-right.com website and leave a comment on his site or you can go to inboundrem.com and do the same for me uh you can also email me at robert at inboundrem.com all right that's it sign us off john <laughs>